Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spirit of Missions podcast brought to you by the Student Missionary Union of Biola University. Here on this podcast, we seek to expand awareness of the missions field through cultural immersion and firsthand testimonies from our brothers and sisters sharing the good news of the gospel to the world. My name is Jack Burns, and I'm here today with Bobby Thompson, who is a senior at Biola University. She is majoring in communications, and she is the president of SMU. Bobby, welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be stomping today. <laughs> I Wonderful. love that it's called stomp. Let's just yes. stomp around. Oh yeah, that acronym. That acronym came like out of nowhere. Spirit of Missions podcast. Stomp had to put it together. And we just I love had it. To. I'm all about it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, to get things started, first of all, I want to know a little bit more about you, Bobby. Um, so I want to like give me a little bit of a background. Let me know more of who you are, but also I want to know how missions has been a part of your life. Mm. Yeah. So I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. We were not there for long, though. My parents um, want to move us, and so I moved to. California, specifically South Orange County, when I was two. So I've grown up in a pretty, you could say, a definitely privileged environment. Mm. And um, I'm an only child. That's kind of unique. But okay. something unique about my background, even more so, is that my dad has been stay at home since I was two. And my mom is the, you could say, like breadwinner. Wow. Arthur. So, yeah, so I was kind of raised a unique home. I would not trade it for the world. My parents are probably the best people I know, besides, you know, Jesus Christ himself. I love him a lot. <laughs> He's hard to beat, <laughs> usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, honestly, I'm not, I'm not an MK, I'm not a PK, so I didn't have that kind of missions experience as a kid, but um really my heart for missions was so much shaped by my parents and who they are. Uh, both my parents were Christians when they got married, but didn't become Christians until their twenties. And mm. so I don't know if this has like influenced, like that is why they're so just the way they are, which I'll explain. But um, I think something that's really interesting, especially in, Christian family you don't see a lot of stay-at-home dads and yeah. um but I had such an example of my dad being a spiritual leader of our household um that really empowered my mom in, hmm. in her work and in what she did and she's just a baller and she's in <laughs> in finance and she watching her do missions in a very secular male dominated field and getting to hear about that mm. but watching how my dad led our family spiritually through that but then also just how he led and still leads me and my mom through just loving us more than anything else and one of the things that i say is such a huge part of my testimony and really why i fell in love with jesus um not only is because of how my parents loved each other, but because of how they loved other people um, and how they loved me. And for my dad specifically, it wasn't just that I knew growing up that my dad loved being a dad. 
it was like I never even second guessed that it was his greatest joy to be my father. Wow. And that has greatly shaped my view of God, which I know is so lucky because I know my story is very rare in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, and he basically the seeing the way my dad loved me and my mom and also seeing the way they loved other people around them, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's people in my mom's work, whether it's like a stranger at CVS, that's literally my dad. My dad's the guy who's, he's like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm just going to get a couple things. And he's back like an hour later. And he's like, I just made a friend. And wow, that's like wonderful. That kind of person. He's so yeah. social, but um, just how they love the people around them that made me want Jesus for myself. And so I, like, I remember praying the typical Christian, like conversion yeah. prayer really young. I don't remember a specific date because genuinely the gospel was so persuasive to me as long as I can remember because I saw it lived in such a beautiful way. And my parents are people, like they're human beings yeah. and I started to point with them and we get frustrated with each other. But, um, I'm certainly blessed to say they made it very easy for me to fall, fall in love and want to make it my own too. And so I, like they did make me go to church when I was a kid, but I never felt, I never felt forced into my faith. Yeah. I was raised to be very independent. Maybe that was something about being an only child, but hmm. uh, my parents definitely just did things and made me use my use your words from a really <laughs> age and I think them pushing me in those ways um they really pushed me to think for myself since I was really young um wow so I feel really blessed to say that and that sort of made the gospel persuasive to me but then it ended up just pushing me into missions whether it be global or local and I've done several short-term um things since then so yeah that's a little background that is, yeah that's so cool and even like I'm thinking about that a little bit more too where you right now like randomly find yourself in this position as president of SMU I'm just kidding. Yeah. it's not it's not <laughs> random at all but um you're in this position and I think just in hearing you describe your upbringing and the dynamic with your dad and your mom it makes so much sense while you're here for you have a mom who's been um, ambitious and somebody who's driven, um, but then also a dad who's really brought in a spirit of missions and working with people. Not to say that your mom doesn't do that and your dad isn't ambitious, but just from hearing that story, do you think that their impact on your life in that way has really brought you kind of to this point? Not to say like this is your climax, this is it, this is the best Bobby Thompson. <laughs> But can you really see just the way that your parents have influenced you to bring you into your role in SMU? Oh, one, 1,000%. 1, 1,000%. 1, um, I'm pretty amazed by them still because my mom is now, she's like venturing towards retirement. But all the wow. things they do, they've like started to do together as she sort of starts down that road. They do premarital counseling together through the church and my mom has get been a guest lecturer for um like women in leadership like business leadership classes at yeah. Biola. my dad um he's super he like feels super close to god through nature and he has um one of the cool things he's done he just hiked john muir 
a couple summers ago and he made friends hiking the trail that he was supposed to hike alone. Oh. And through that, he actually ended up, um, it's called a crew leader for this ultra marathon that goes uh, through Death Valley. It's literally the worst. It's called oh Bad my Water. Goodness. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> so many miles. Um, yeah. We're talking, so ultra marathons are 50 or up. Um, oh, miles are crazy. Up. And so my dad, because he has sort of gotten injured, he now what he loves to do is he was a crew leader for that. And so he's in charge of like driving the van, getting pacers for this guy and like helping him do this. And so he like, wow. I, they both are such examples to me of doing ministry, like every, anywhere and everywhere you are, um, mm. but not in a way that's like, I'm holding a sign saying like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to help. Just loving people yeah. and it and also being they're so unashamed of their love of Jesus, mm. but also um they aren't like scary with it. You know, what I mean they're excellent communicators. Great, great yeah. point. They don't shy they away. Exactly. They don't shy yeah. away from talking about it, but they make sure to meet people where they are first and just love them as humans. And wow. so that that 100% has influenced me to where I am today. And so. That's really cool. And even thinking about that too, just meeting people where they are, that ties into such a broader scale of missions. And so I think that's a great transition for us to talk about your role in SMU, what SMU is. So SMU, as explained a little bit earlier, SMU is the Student Missionary Union at Biola University. Um, but Bobby, I really want you to set the stage for SMU, um, and particularly SMU this year. Yeah. Oh man. Well, what a year it has been. Uh, Already, right? <laughs> Already. Yeah. It was about almost exactly a year ago when the Lord first put this on my heart. Um, mm. I've been involved with SMU since my freshman year through missions conference specifically, and then okay. load a, and then led a trip with a dear friend of mine. Uh, that was a local trip last fall, and so I've been involved. And then I've done global missions outside of Biola. Um, okay. But if you would have told me last year that I would have been in this position, I would say. Oh man. Okay. So that is what God is calling me to. But then if you would have told me what was going to happen like three weeks after I got the job, I would have been like, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> I, like it just was so, oh my goodness. It was so not what any of us uh, thought Seriously. happened. Oh yeah. And what's very interesting is before, <laughs> and, and when COVID first started, we really thought we were going to be back in the fall. I don't, I don't and, think any of us accurately gauged the scale of what we were going through. Oh yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's like taking us by storm and we frankly like it's hard to even have hopes at all moving forward which is really sad to say but I think there's something beautiful about that though is just living in the moment but still like back to your point like none of us could have predicted where we are today and nobody can predict what's even going to happen in like two weeks, three weeks. So it's very challenging to say the least. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. Um, but this, if I'm just to be super 
super frank, this past <laughs> school year for me, especially in fall, um, was just probably emotionally and mentally one of the hardest years mm -hmm. of my life. And God, it's so funny because I was like, wow, God is putting this position on my heart and he's preparing me like in it's this refining time and it was but um it I just was like wow it's gonna be so much easier after this like God must uh, really be doing something big <laughs> if it's this yeah. hard and wow. um, and so as I started emerging from that season of just super deep grieving and processing and confusion mm -hmm. um the Lord had put this on my heart. I was like, okay, I'm going to step into this. Um, and he started putting a theme on my heart. I was reading in the Psalms and it says, uh, his loving kindness will be with us in the day and his song will go with us into the night. And I was like, huh. I was like, well, into the night. I was like, yeah. And so long story short, into the night is like, our quote-unquote theme for the year and wow, okay. uh, into the night and it's all about ministering to a world in suffering and mm. I was like this will be good just thinking about coming out of the season I was coming out of and then also witnessing the first wave of I'm just calling it the first wave of COVID yeah. grief really I have a lot mm. of friends who lost a lot um mm. and I was like how do how do we start this year with everyone just being absolutely wrecked? Yeah. Um, how do we mobilize and motivate? How do we get excited again? How are we hopeful when it is really dark? Um, and we know that we're lights in a dark world, but just really the Lord put, kept putting on my heart, consciously entering into darkness with people and with the mm. world because I think a lot of times um not all the time but as as a church we hold uh, we hold the world at arm's length and we set up barriers for ourselves uh that feel comfortable and feel safe and that is just I'm so convicted that that is just not what we were made for and that's not what we're here for. And mm -hmm. we were never supposed to be comfortable on this earth. And um, yeah, so the Lord has really put that on my heart. And then basically things have just progressed and kind of gotten worse in our world. And that was before the murder of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and oh yeah. all these things. And we were like, wow, the grief in our world is just so much bigger than the pandemic. It is, it is entering into night in terms of just absolute destruction in regards to race in our country and poverty oh, yeah. and disease and homelessness and trafficking. And there's so much and we just don't want we just don't want to separate ourselves from it. We want to actively step into it with the world because his song is with us into the night. And that is mm. Holy Spirit. That is what he does. And that is our strength to go into it. And 
Um, so I think a lot of times when we are shocked and are having a hard time because of disappointment, and there is nothing short of disappointment right now, but because of COVID, and it affects everyone, no matter if you're a Christian or not, but we have an opportunity in this season and this time as a church to step up and be who God meant for us to be. And I think there has uh, been a lot of things in, <laughs> in history, oh. but just in the past couple years that have confused what Christianity and what the gospel is to the world. And I really yeah. think the church has an opportunity to show the world what the real definition of the gospel is during this time. Absolutely. Who better than us, you know? So Yeah. Frankly, that's I I love that. I think that's so beautiful and it really goes back to what like the heart of ministry should be. It's ministering and caring for other people and in the world. And so you can't be separated from the world and still try and care for people in the world. It's it's this arm's distance that's really hurting a relationship. There needs to be that intimacy where you're side by side with these people. You're right there with them. And so frankly, you address such a great point that I think there's been, there has always been a lot of this pain, but because of uh, things stacking up with people maybe losing their jobs mm -hmm. with COVID or even the isolation of COVID, yeah. um, multiple murders back to back, um, it's, it's frankly too much in a way that's like, yeah. it needs to be, there needs to be a lot of ministering done, um, just to come alongside these people. And I think like, also it makes me think about the comment that you made about your parents too, where they like, they're very strong in their faith and we'll talk about it, but they're not the ones out there with a the sign saying, follow Jesus or you'll go to hell. And I think that that balance of being like, people who not only are like confident and very um, free in sharing the gospel, don't feel the need to pressure people into or push people into it, especially when ministry has a variety of different faces. And a lot of the times it can be just being present with somebody that means the most with them. So I think like thinking about that too, and SMU, um, has there been, because I think you're just talking about this too, where so much has changed, even from when you've gotten this position, have there been like consistent shifts? Like, okay, well, maybe we were thinking we we're going to start here and then, okay, not an option now or like, or what has been like the progress of SMU over this time too? Yeah, it's been interesting because I think I don't know. You, I don't know if you're this kind of person. I'm the kind of person that keeps my expectations low, but okay. hopes, expects the worst, hopes for the best. Love it. Um, and I, I think that's just maybe out of self-protection. It's very honestly. smart. Hard to do. Very smart to do. Very yeah. wise. <laughs> and I am still very hopeful. Like I'm always a hopeful person, but yeah. I, I prepare. Um, so I think I had, I think maybe, well, we thought we were for sure probably going to go back in fall and it would just be mm -hmm. different than it was um, in years past. But I yeah. think maybe like a month ago, 
was the first time I was like, okay, like I got to come to terms with the fact that there is a very good chance that we may not be going back. And Hmm. um, I have to let go of, I just had to let go of this idea of SMU that I knew because for me, Hmm. SMU has really shaped my community as a college student and that is such a gift and it this year being online absolutely doesn't change that but yeah. i think there were things that were like very selfish honestly that i was looking forward to like mm-hmm. being in the office and yeah. just like getting to be yeah like with these people and in this sort of comfortable environment and um and it is a loss in a way, but um, at the end of the day, I was it like God really convicted me and um, was like, Bobby, you know what? This year will be full of disappointment, but it will be full of surprises because hmm. if you like know who I am, he's like, if yeah. you believe in who I am, like you will be surprised, like you will be disappointed, but you will be surprised. And um, yeah, and so I've had moments of sadness and grief for the year, really, as a whole. But um, I met with our board of directors last night, and honestly, um, I it feels like such a privilege to be mm. to get to be leading during this season. And if it was like maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I would have been able to say that and really mean my words, but it feels like such a privilege to be leading in this season and that God would entrust our team to walk through this. And um, we were in our meeting yesterday and the Lord gave me a vision of like crops, like fields burning. Mm. (laughs) What in the world? Wow, that's intense. Yeah, and so I looked into it. It was actually right before our meeting, and I googled like, "Why do, why do fields like burn?" And mm-hmm. but like intentionally, like it was like yeah. a bit on fire. And I looked it up, and it's these things called prescribed burns, and they are actually, they literally are to like reset the soil and to get rid of like sort of like the excess in the end. It's like to reset the soil so that new things can grow. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, all right. Like we are literally on fire right now. And it doesn't yeah. really feel like in the good way. It's like, ah, everything's <laughs> on fire. Like we're running in circles. It's like, yeah, what are we going to ser- do? Seriously. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, God, I, I believe that God allows suffering and things to happen I don't believe he Mm. like the root cause of that suffering it's our it's the sin it's sin at the end of the day the root cause of that but I believe God allows it to happen um I, I mean he does for his purposes always he's always intentional and that is what I know of him and in my most dark and just like really seasons of death in my life I would call them yeah his intentionality is just like pretty uncanny and it has not failed and it doesn't mean things are easy or that they're fun and 
it does not mean that this next year will be easy or fun all the time. We're going to make sure and have some fun, but oh, we will. Yeah. But it is so purposeful and it's like why I'm here and like why we're all here as Christians is to point towards the kingdom to the king mm. into what is to come. Like just yeah. think more and more of scripture where it talks about just the earth is literally groaning. Like there are birth pains, like the earth mm. is in labor. And um, this is funny. This is like of <laughs> um, um, thinking about like birth and labor pains. Actually, so rewind. I promise this will all tie together. But okay, we're on a journey. Past, I um, in January, I believe, me and last year's president, Carly, we decided to go to a doula certification program together. And if for okay. if you don't know what a doula is, it is a labor coach, basically. So wow. you are not the nurse. You do not deliver the baby. But basically, you work with mom through labor and help like her and her husband and her partner to communicate with each other um and to care for each other the best for her to be cared for the best she can to help her advocate for her own needs and all wow. this stuff and honestly for, I, like, <laughs> I was gonna say like that's a very unique excursion i don't think me and my friends would be going to do that anytime soon but I yeah. that just might be me though. That might be me. Yeah, but yeah. Just for said. just for you know, just for kicks, we just decided <laughs> yeah. to you know pay money to do this course. Uh, <laughs> we both actually happened. We didn't realize, but we're both actually like have always been very interested in birth and in labor and pregnancy. Yeah. And we both were like, this would be such a unique tool to use in ministry potentially. Um, oh, overseas where there are areas where women do not have medicine and are not able to get mm -hmm. to a hospital and we're like this could be a cool tool but if not like let's just do it because this is <laughs> fun education and if we have babies someday then it'll serve us during that yes. time but I think also like in a broader sense you learn how to communicate and be with somebody when situations are tense exactly like, very tense and possibly yeah. hostile and you have to be there <laughs> and it's like this person I've okay so I have to admit I've never been in a room with somebody's in labor I, but I mean, I'm assuming I'm I, assuming I <laughs> yeah I'm assuming it's not an easy walk in the park at all I think from what I've heard it's not um and so being able to be with somebody who is going through immense pain it, and trying to communicate to other people, but also just being there to support them. I think just the symbolism in that is beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And thinking about the church in that mm. we are like, we are the doulas or like the midwives that are preparing oh. the world for, for the return, like for the great return of Jesus. And because the thing is, it's like, Labor is terrifying and painful as heck. And the amount of things I learned that can go wrong is so disturbing and oh, terrifying. Okay. Um, we but, don't need that list here. Oh, no, no. Well, right, yeah. I will spare the listeners <laughs> from that. Thank you. But, Thank you. Just spare that, me. They might be interested in, but like. 
it's okay. I don't, I don't need to know right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. There's a time and place for that. <laughs> Not here. Yeah. But we are, that is the church in thinking about our role and we are to step into these hostile environments mm-hmm. in chaos and and help not it just help them work through it and show them where to go and where to look for help um show them what they need you know that is so much of the role of the doula is helping like helping the mother advocate for what she needs and help her to educate herself and so that she is able to make her own choices and not have doctors and not necessarily doctors but can be doctors and other people other family members pushing on her to make her make decisions that she doesn't want to and so in that way the church we are pointing towards hey learn what you need and like we are going to show you what you need by the way we love you and Mm, i think like such a parallel in scripture I mean, that is from scripture, but a specific story in the ministry of Jesus. I think about Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal and when the guards come and that is a hostile environment, especially when nice Mr. Peter decides to, you know, cut off a guy's ear, uh, yes. Mike Tyson style, a little <laughs> not quite, but like yeah. close enough. The closest uh, the Bible gets to like WWE or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, is these people, we were literally there to hurt Jesus. But what Jesus chose to do was to heal, was to touch and to heal mm-hmm. and to show mercy to the guard wow. that Peter hurt. And so I think, especially, I think there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> obviously, that's politically charged in our nation. Oh, right? absolutely. But thinking about that, and I think there is a lot of, um, I see a lot of stuff on uh, the church being persecuted and Mm. how dare they and uh, like the liberals are taking over and people like freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and being very defensive and um meeting hostility with hostility and like we're gonna go to war like we're gonna go to Mm. war for our faith and it's like no we're gonna stand and we're gonna walk faithfully in the way of jesus amen we're going to step into these hostile environments and we are going to touch we are going to heal we're going to minister we are going to risk being hurt ourselves like that is what reconciliation requires is vulnerability. Mm. It requires us to be vulnerable, to put, and to be vulnerable is to put yourself in a situation in which you are able to be hurt. And so wow. there's nothing glamorous or appealing about that. Um, but that is like, that is the ministry of Jesus. And if our entire life, like our goal is to be as much like him as we can and that is like that is what we have to do is like to be willing to yeah. enter these hostile uncomfortable um even aggressive environments um that are not appealing in which we will probably be disrespected um mm. in which people may make fun of us in which <laughs> people may completely disagree people may not want to listen to us and we can be the ones who listen we can be the one 
who listens. We can be the one who holds someone. We can be the person who extends a hand. We can be the person who sits with someone while they grieve the loss of a loved one. We wow. can be someone as they share their mistakes they've made. And I think, yeah. And I think we are prone to comfort as people and it makes sense why, but as Christians, as daughters and sons of God, that is not what we're called to. And the thing is, Mm. is that can seem depressing or discouraging to step into but the reality is is this is not our home anyways so our hope is just so extensive yeah (laughs) our hope is infinite and that is what like gets us through you know absolutely so yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I think like what you hit on there towards the end just the idea that a lot of what you outlined for the role of missions isn't necessarily something that has to be done overseas or in the next state over or whenever you go downtown or anything like that. It's like every interaction you have with anyone is an opportunity to love them, care for them, and minister to their needs and and in any way possible to try and like not like hold this idea of missions as something distant, but in my backyard, this is what I'm called to do and things like that. Um, But a couple of questions just to wrap us up, Bobby, you have been a fantastic guest here today. So thank you again for your time. You're welcome. Uh, Fun. (laughs) (laughs) um, But one thing particularly, um, so I have two questions to to end this out. The first one being, as an organization, SMU really relies on, um, or has relied on in the past, on involvement and people getting involved, going on trips, leading trips, and other things like that. How can people best support your ministry in this time? Yeah, well, so SMU is not stopping. We're not stopping for this year, but it will look different. We are still Perfect. having teams and leaders, and we um, are working with a lot of MOs to actually do online ministry. Um, oh, wonderful! Like one of our one of our uh, local teams, they are working with Child Evangelical Fellowship, and they are literally going to do like VBS over Zoom with all these perfect in their houses. So that's just like an example of something we're doing and everything we're doing about applications and all that stuff Mm. can be found on the Instagram and on the website. But, um, so we are getting, I think honestly, like COVID I'm so sad. It's not in person, but it is helping us to be creative in a way that we haven't been required to be before. And I really yeah. think like we will reach further than we did before mm. too. And oh, that that's beautiful. Is like such a gift, even though it's not like what we're used to or what we're <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of unknowns still, but we are gonna get to communicate and reach people that we may have never had the time, we would have never had the chance, um, just mm. because 
of the internet. You know, the internet yeah. is like really sketchy. Yeah. There's so much bad stuff on it, but also the Lord is coming and he is working in the internet as well. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm pretty <laughs> stoked and I'm really proud of our team. And um, I would encourage people to not become apathetic, whether it's with SMU or mm. not, but to not become apathetic with missions and with sharing the gospel and with yeah. during this time specifically because um, this is literally maybe the most important time for the church um, yeah. to being for the church to be the people on the front lines, the people to be speaking out about injustice, the people to be creating reconciliation, the people to be the peacemakers, to be the people who are on the ground in the dirt and the mud with the people who have nothing. And so, yeah, so I would just encourage people. I would love for as many people to come and get involved with SMU as possible. But if yeah. for some reason they're not able to, or if someone's listening to this and you're not a Biola student, just, um, yeah, don't, don't, don't be asleep during this time because mm. I really believe that God is doing something wonderful and I just don't want to miss out. And how lucky are we that he would ask us sinners who are such fallible, fickle people to be a part of his work and it's just such a privilege and that is like and an honor of like those are the words that keep coming to mind over and over and so i just hope that as a school but just as a global church we yeah. wouldn't be sleepers during this time but that we would that we would rise that is wonderful wonderful okay last and final question for you how can people follow your ministry? So how, like anything going on that we should be aware of, like anything that SMU does, what's the best way for people to stay updated? For sure, the Instagram. That is Instagram. the best. And Boom. the Instagram is also um, linked to the website, which has lots of great information and updates on it. I believe the handle is SMU Biola. Let me double check. Ooh, double it's check. That, that might be important. Um, yes, it is SMU underscore Biola. Okay, there and we go. Right now, there's a link in the bio that goes to the blog, which has more information, but sometimes that link is traded out with like links for applications and stuff like yeah. that. So everything people could possibly need will be on there. And we are going to be so much more active on there during COVID mm -hmm. and on the blog, because really we don't want SM, we want SMU to be a mobilization spot more than anything, but also too, for students listening, we, we like SMU is so communal. We want it to be a place yeah. where we be encouraged and connect. And so that we are going out and mobilizing ourselves to serve. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you, Bobby, for, spending your time with us here at SOMP. It was <laughs> the great Spirit of Missions podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, we'll make it a verb. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. And so again, for anybody that's listening, 
check out everything SMU to stay updated on what the Student Missionary Union at Biola University is doing. To do so, check out the Instagram SM, at SMU underscore Biola for any updates on anything that we're doing missions wise or checking out our blog or our website. Um, but also make sure to check out the next podcast, which is coming out again on Wednesday. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening and have a great rest of your week.